Hello, and welcome to the More Than Food podcast. My name is Beth Smeaton, and I'm a life coach here to help you end the war with food and your body so you can focus on what really matters in your life. You know there's so much more to life than obsessing over food and your body, and you're ready to do what it actually takes to get you there. This podcast is for you whether you struggle with binge eating, yo-yo dieting, or anything in between. I'll be providing you with the tools, strategies, and life skills it takes to never struggle with food or body image again. Get ready to expand your mind and fill your heart with what really matters, which is so much more than food. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today's topic is all about how to be consistent. It is so important and applies to literally every area of life. So I'm super excited to get into that today. But before I do, I wanted to share with you a few client wins. And it's all with one of my clients uh, who I've been working with for a little while now. And she shared a ton of things with me today. And I want to share them with you too, to number one, celebrate with her because it is fucking amazing, everything I'm about to tell you. And number two, of course, to let you know and see just what is possible. So to give you a little bit of a backstory, if you follow me on Instagram, you would have heard this already. Um, But to give you backstory, my client, so she's been struggling with an eating disorder, disordered eating for about 30 years. And she came to me last November. So we've been working together since then. So it's been about eight months because it was the beginning of November. And so during our, so typically I work with clients for about six months at a time. And so for the first four months or so, she, we were working on her eating habits and what ended up happening is that she literally was not struggling with food anymore. Like her disordered eating and eating disorder went away. It was no longer a problem. And so she ended up re-signing to work on other things. So that's a little bit of backstory. So as I mentioned, we've been working together for about eight months. And today she came to the call and let me know all of these things. So she had gone to the doctor to get a few things checked out and just, yeah, general checking things, seeing what's going on with her health. And she found out all of these things, which which I'm going to share with you. They're incredible. And I have things to say about after I share these wins. (laughs) So the first one is she has lost 50 pounds since February. It's June. She found out that she no longer has a fatty liver. She found out that she no longer has a node I believe she mentioned that it was in her abdominal area. That note is gone. And she also mentioned calcifications that are gone as well. So a lot, a lot of medical conditions that are no longer there, you guys. Like, this is so incredible. When she was telling me all of this, I was tearing up because the way she was speaking about her body, like, that is almost like uh, the way she was speaking about her body was from a place of 
love and pride. And she just felt how her body has been there for her all along. And she felt how her body has had her back, how resilient it is, and truly has started to, not started to, she's been doing this work for a while, but really embodying that love for her body. And it was so beautiful and incredible. And I just am so thrilled for her and just have to share all of these celebrations with you as well. And what I want to say about these celebrations are, so I mentioned weight loss. And as you know, if you've been listening for a while, or if you're a new listener, I don't focus on weight loss. That is not our point of focus when we work together, because it's one of the number one things that keep us stuck. It keeps us confused. It keeps us overwhelmed. It keeps us frustrated. So we don't pay attention to the scale. In fact, I recommend all of the women that I work with don't weigh themselves because it can cause a lot of issues. We can get triggered by the scale, but mainly because when we are weighing ourselves and using the scale, it's disconnecting. We're disconnected from our body and we're disconnected from ourselves. We aren't learning what we truly need to learn with that external thing device thing. (laughs) And it's not that I'm not shaming you if you weigh yourself, you know, it's to each their own, but it's very intentional to not focus on weight loss or this, I should say, not focus on the number on the scale. Because when we take that out of the equation, we can finally focus on our behavior. We can focus on the root cause of our behavior, which I talk about all the time. We can focus on the relationship with our body and healing that relationship, all of the things that we need to do in order to feel at peace around food, in control around food, and just overall amazing and confident around food and in our bodies. So even though my client experienced a 50-pound weight loss so far, it's a byproduct of the inner work that she has done for the last, you know, initially four months and now eight months. Okay. So I am always so careful (laughs) in sharing this because I am incredibly intentional around not selling and focusing on the number on the scale because it's what keeps us stuck. So I thought it was important to share that. And also another thing that's important to share with all of these medical conditions reversing, I just think it is such a, what do I want to say? It's with the power of our mind, with the power of our body, when we focus on our mental and emotional health, along with our physical health, not just our physical health, when we focus on our mental and emotional health, we can release the emotional weight and burden that many of us carry with stress, with anxiety, with overwhelm, with frustration, with shame. A lot of the heavier emotions or even day-to-day emotions that I say all the time that we aren't necessarily taught how to process them. 
So once we learn how to process our emotions in a healthy and proper way, we are releasing that burden from our body. So when we are releasing that emotional weight, it gives our body a chance to heal. So I'm not a doctor. (laughs) This isn't even something that her doctor said. It's more me speculating and really believing in the power of doing the inner work and what the impact that has on our body, on our physical body. So I am so, so happy to share these celebrations with you. I'm so excited to continue to celebrate with my client. It was such a fun session and yeah, wanted to share that with you. So to get into today's topic, which is how to be consistent. So this episode was inspired by a Q&A I did on Instagram yesterday, and consistency came up a few different times. So I thought, why not make an episode on it? And I don't, can't believe I haven't yet. <laughs> so how to be consistent. Most people are asking themselves, like, how can I stay consistent with something when I want you to know that it's really a question of being, okay? Like who we're being. So typically I hear things like, I start working out and then I fall off the wagon. I start eating healthy and then I fall off track or I'm good with my eating and then I fall off track or even on the business side, like I write content for a week and then have nothing else to say or I say I'm going to publish like a weekly email and then I fall off, right? All of these things can fall into the question around how can I be consistent? And we usually end up asking ourselves, like, why can't I just do what I'm going to say, right? Like, why can't I just do it? (laughs) So I want to dive in and talk about why this happens, why we can't just do what we say we're going to do. And it's because doing, doing things, taking action, doing something is only a third of the puzzle. It's a third of the brain, body, and behavior equation, okay? Because as I've identified, our thoughts impact our feelings, which impact our behaviors, okay? So the brain, the body, and our behavior. So what we're doing, our behavior, is only a third of the puzzle or the equation. So as kids, we are told to just, you know, do what I say, right, from our parents, (laughs) or caretakers. Just do what I say and leave it at that, right? Or And if we don't, we get in trouble or punished or grounded or whatever else. There are always consequences when we don't do what we're told, right? So even from a very young age, we're literally taught and conditioned that if and when we don't follow through with anything, that we're wrong, we're bad, and I even invite you to see this from a child's perspective. When we think we're wrong and bad, we can make that mean that we're also unlovable, right? Like mom or dad is mad at me. That must mean they don't love me or that I'm not good enough or I didn't get an A on my test and now my teacher's disappointed. So I'm not smart enough or, you know, next time I'm going to try harder and get a better grade. 
And it's not that those things are bad to like try harder to get a better grade. But what I want you to see and know and point out is that as kids, we are literally taught that there's a right and a wrong way to do things. Like, of course, kids need boundaries. They need to be like taught how to exist as a decent human being in this world, et cetera, all the things. Same with school. Like there's a right and a wrong way with school, like study X amount of time or X subject and get an A, do what you're told, get a gold star, yay for doing life right. <laughs> like We literally are conditioned to believe this and taught all of these things. So another thing is a lot of the women who come to me as private clients were good students, right? Intelligent. They did what they were told. They, yeah, they were typically good students. So it's, it's rare for some reason, it's rare that I work with anyone who was a rebel as a child. And I actually, I, I have some thoughts on why I think that is. So many of the clients who come to me are ambitious, high achieving, and have a lot of like um, masculine energy. And I say that in terms of coming from very like process oriented, just like I mentioned with school, like getting the tasks done, doing what I think I need to do, and then having it like backfire on us. And I will say that's how I was as well. So it's no surprise that the women who are attracted to the work I put out in the world are similar to who I am and what I've experienced. And also, there. so with food and body especially, many of my private clients are recovering from an eating disorder or disordered eating, such as binge eating or the other end of the spectrum of orthorexia. So I've worked with both ends of the spectrum as well as women who are in varying levels um, in between. So maybe they don't even identify as having um, an eating disorder or disordered eating, but it's some form of a behavioral pattern that they are not wanting. So I also have clients who have been diagnosed with an eating disorder in the past, like when they were younger, but aren't necessarily struggling with that same level of obsession, I'll call it. Um, but it isn't fully gone either. So we work on clearing what's remaining. So anyways, I say all this because so many of us develop disordered eating or eating disorders from extreme dieting, like diet culture teaches us there's a right and a wrong way. So we're literally and simply just following the rules. Like we don't even think about it. We don't suspect it. These are the rules. <laughs> What's the problem, right? But when those rules backfire, that's when we start to believe that we are the problem, not the diets, right? Because that's what we learned growing up. If I don't succeed, it's me. I need to try harder. I need to try harder. I need to try harder because that's what we learned. And we're also conditioned to desire a smaller body, to have the perfect curves, et cetera. So we tell ourselves like if our body doesn't look a certain way that we are wrong or even unlovable or undesirable, which isn't true at all. It's a pattern that continues to play out as adults. Okay. So if we started to believe that we were unlovable or that we were wrong as kids, 
like nine million times out of 10, it's going to play out as adults. So this is why it's so important to uncover what the resistant, what the resistance is when it comes to staying consistent. So if, for example, you struggle with consistency with food or with exercise or with showing up online in your business or even like not yelling at your kids when you told yourself you wanted to, you know, respond differently, whatever it is that you're struggling with to stay consistent at, we can't only focus on what we want to do the next time right? So going back to the brain, the body, and the behavior, what we're doing is just a third of the equation. So we can't only focus on what we want to do next time. So we need to understand what's stopping us from following through in the first place. And so as I mentioned about how this episode was inspired by a Q&A on Instagram yesterday, and I had outlined, outlined a few things to consider for one of the responses about continuing to fall off track with staying consistent with exercise. So I want to share those things with you as well. So you can get an idea for what to start to explore in your own life with whatever you'd like to become more consistent with. Okay. So the first one is, do you feel the need to work out X amount of minutes or it won't be good enough? Do you think you need to work out X amount of times per week or what's the point? Number three, are you loving or hard on on yourself when you do work out? Number four, what is your reason for wanting to be consistent with exercise? Are you wanting to get fit because you love your body or are you wanting to get fit because you hate your body? So what I want to point out is that we're beginning to poke holes in the potential rules that this person has about working out. Okay. So if we're believing I need to work out for 60 minutes and be sweating like a crazy person in order to, in order for it to be good enough and we aren't in shape yet, like that's going to be a big stretch, like going from not working out at all to like hardcore sweaty 60-minute HIIT workouts. It's a giant leap from where we might be when we start, right? So the only person that's in charge of deciding if something is good enough is us. (laughs) I'm laughing because that was like so revolutionary for me when I was asked, like, who gets to decide good enough? Like, oh, (laughs) that's me, right? Like you get to decide whether something is good enough. So if you're telling yourself that you need to work out six times a week for 60 minutes, Barry's style, or else you're a lazy loser, (laughs) chances are way lower that you go do it than if you told yourself, okay, I just want to get out of my house for 20 minutes, five times a week or three times a week or whatever that feels attainable for you. So it can look like a walk or a run or going to the gym or going to a class or whatever it is, okay? So when I work with clients on exercise, they tend to argue that, you know, oh, that's not going to do anything, (laughs) right? Like the brain fights lowering the bar because it really believes it's not good enough. And 
The reason this happens is because we are in such a rush to get fit because of what we're making that mean about ourselves. Okay. So like we will lose weight, we'll look better, we'll feel better, which isn't a bad thing. Okay. But when we're in a rush to get to an end goal, we almost always fall into all or nothing behavior, which is inconsistent behavior. We're either all in balls to the wall (laughs) or we're not doing anything and like wondering why we can't hold promises. Okay. But when we look at getting fit and strong, like for the rest of our lives, when we take out these like short term goals and look at the big picture, then we have so much time to like work our way up to 60 minutes, six times a week or whatever our end goal is that we want. Okay. So another thing I brought up was to reflect on how this person was speaking to themselves when they do make it to a workout. So are they being loving and compassionate for their level of fitness or are they talking down to themselves like, what the fuck you piece of shit? Why did you stop working out now? We're here. Now we're here and this is hard. I hate you for doing this to me, right? Like we can mentally berate ourselves. So there's a huge difference. And I like to think about it. If the voice in your head was a personal trainer, like, would you, (laughs) would you want to go back to the person who was calling you a piece of shit? Probably not versus the trainer who's encouraging you, like lifting you up, celebrating you for making it to the gym, even right. Like celebrating every little thing. Chances are you'd be thrilled to go back to work with that person. So it's super important to pay attention to how you speak to yourself during workouts or whatever it is that you're working to be consistent with. So your thoughts create an emotional response within you, which determines whether you want to keep going or not. Okay. So finally, I invite you to get curious about why you're starting the thing, whether it's with food or exercise, your business, your relationship, whatever it is, why are you starting? So staying with the theme of exercise, if you're starting to get fit, why do you want to get fit? If it's to feel better and stronger, why do you want to do that? What will being strong do for you? Do you want to live a longer and fuller life? Why? What's important about that? We need to have a compelling reason for why we start things. Otherwise, the discomfort will never outweigh the result that we want. Okay? This is where willpower starts to come in. And willpower is one of the most unreliable things and something I do not describe to. Willpower is the worst. (laughs) But what I do subscribe to is exploring your compelling why. So the deep emotional reason as to why you want to be consistent with something. The reason, this compelling reason, is what makes you feel some type of way, right? Some way when you think about the result that you're looking for. Because again, everything we do or don't do is because of how we're feeling, right? The energy behind our decisions matters, So then from there, you can take action steps, you know, from the energy, from the feeling that you're experiencing. You then practice, 
You give yourself permission to be a beginner. You celebrate yourself every single step of the way. And you challenge yourself to get out of your comfort zone without being an asshole to yourself because growth comes from discomfort. Okay. (laughs) So I want to be very clear. Like when I am talking about being gentle and compassionate, that isn't a permission slip to stay small and stay in your comfort zone. It's to not be a jerk to yourself as you're growing. It's to not be a jerk when you're feeling this discomfort so that you're encouraging yourself to keep moving and to keep growing because growth is on the other side of discomfort. Like when we lift weights, we're literally tearing our muscles in order to get stronger, okay? Like we're breaking down the tissue, And it isn't comfortable, especially when we're first starting to do it. But on the other side of that discomfort is strength. So the same thing goes for showing up online or getting out of our comfort zones with business or evaluating a binge eating episode. Like our brain is going to fight it hard, okay? It's always an expectation I want you to know that our brain fights challenging and thinking new ways because it hates change. Like our brains are wired to be efficient. They love going on autopilot because it they don't want to use a ton of energy. Okay. So that being said, I want you to know all of our brains do this. Every single one of our brains. It's not just you. <laughs> okay. There's nothing wrong with you. You simply have a human brain that's doing a really good job. And the good news is with awareness, with compassion, and with intention, change and consistency is waiting for you. So we need to pay attention to our thoughts, the brain, our feelings and energy behind our decisions, the body, and then of course our actions, our behavior. So we need to focus on our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions to create change in a way that feels good to us. Okay. I hope you found this episode insightful and opened up some pathways for you to explore for yourself with anything that you're looking to up-level and stay consistent with in your own life. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you next time. If you love what you just heard and want to go deeper into your own journey so you can experience the freedom, relief, and joy that you deserve, you can schedule a free call with me at bestmeetincoaching.com. These calls allow you to be exactly who you are and where you are without any judgment. They're also a chance for you to tap into your powerful intuition so you can start to outline what you want your life to look like once you're no longer obsessing over food and your body. By the end of the call, you'll have a personalized roadmap showing you exactly how to make your vision a reality. Thank you so much for pushing play today. Have an amazing day and I will talk to you soon.